Welcome to the Fuel for Fat Loss podcast, bite-sized hacks for busy mamas who want to live their best life. My mission is to not only empower you to fuel your body, but also fuel your mind and your soul. I got you. I'm here to help you burn fat, increase energy, and confidence. I'm your coach and mentor, Simone Lovell. We do. We, we learn a regular way of doing something or living or, or even how we think at times. It's just reinforced by habits. And, and so it really plays into almost every aspect of our life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our next episode all about habits, which in my personal experience is the secret sauce to achieving all of your goals. And I've recently become super interested in the subject, especially during COVID, because I feel like there's two types of people right now. There's um, a group of people who are thriving through this time. They seem to be effortlessly sailing through the pandemic and actually better off in terms of their self-care than before the pandemic. And then there's this other group of people that, and I think it's a larger group, that is suddenly really struggling and struggling with their day-to-day lives because they've been completely turned upside down through this pandemic. Um, And this has caused some good habits to fall off and also some not-so-good habits to creep in. And uh, for today's episode, talking about habits, there's no one more equipped to talk about the subject other than my guest today. And how do I know that? Well, my guest has helped me personally change my own life through forming solid habits as it pertains to my health, as well as my everyday life as a mama and coach to my community. So for those of you who haven't heard me rave about this guy before, you're in for a treat. Di Manuel is here. Welcome, Di. (laughs) So for those of you who don't know this, I got to introduce Dai. Dai is my business coach and mentor. And you may not know this, but he's actually the one who helped me create fuel for fat loss. So if you're in our community, Dai was actually part of the brains behind this entire program. And he's helped me for the last almost four years, right, Dai? Almost four years. Mm-hmm. to create and build this program to what it is today. So I am so grateful. Di Manuel is also a father to two teenage girls. He has a beautiful wife, Christy, who also happens to be one of my besties and is in my wedding party. Uh, Di is an award-winning author, public speaker, and sought-after leader who knows the struggle of the juggle while keeping his health and happiness a priority. Di has helped thousands of people take ownership and enhance their lives through education, encouragement, and community. And he will be featured at the next TEDx conference this month, March 27th. There were only 12 people selected for this TEDx, right? You bet. I, 12 I speakers, and you are one of them. My coach, my coach. <laughs> well, thank you, Simone. It's just awesome to be here. And, uh, you know, it, it's we have conversations all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. But it's kind of nice. We're recording one 
for to be shared. I know. I've always others. wanted so, to interview you. I'm actually awesome. kind of nervous because I've never got to interview <laughs> you before. And it's like, it's normally you're coaching me, right? So I'm like, oh my gosh, I actually like, oh, I hope I do a good job. But Di, you're is there doing anything? a great job. Come on, Simone. You're you're uh, masterful at all this stuff. So it's, but it's just an honor to be here on your platform. Thank and you. Also, when you you shared the idea that you wanted to to get a podcast started, I was super excited because I I know your audience, man. They they love getting content from you. Why? Because so much value. But also, you cut through a lot of the noise. You well, know, there's a lot of you. noise out there. Let's be honest. It's, it's just our industry. It's a love hate sort of thing. <laughs> you know, we, we have the best of intentions, but unfortunately, uh, gosh, it's just so much misinformation. So yeah. it's, it's lovely to see you putting that straight. Thank so, you. Uh, and you were, and if I can of, help, I'm you, glad to be here. <laughs> I know. Well, you will. And, and you were one of the ones who actually pushed me to do this very podcast. So it's kind mm-hmm. of ironic. <laughs> It is kind of ironic, but look, you're making it happen. Thank uh, you. It's cool to be here. Thank you. So enough about me, Di. Is there anything else that you want to share about your personal journey or your role as a coach right now? Well, you know what? I think people just sort of figure it out as they go. I I mean, you've already covered the most important stuff uh, (laughs) of which, you know, being a dad of two teen girls, soon to be 16 and 18, and then dating my wife for 21 years now. It's uh, those are the things that, you know, are most important. Let's mm-hmm. just put it that way. Most mm-hmm. important to me. Everything else is just sort of, yeah, just stuff I'm interested in, you mm-hmm. know, stuff I do for fun. And um, so I, I imagine a lot of that will come out as we're chatting. But yeah. for those that are out there, you, you know, I, as I like to say to people, I, my, my main goal in life is just to help people get out of their own way and start having more fun, enjoyment, fulfillment with life. And there's lots of different ways to do that. And I don't claim to be the end all be all. But, you know, I've overcome my fair share of challenges. And I, I continue to work through them like everybody else. And I just have been able to, to have a real skill for helping others sometimes find shortcuts around some of the obstacles that get in our way. And, Absolutely. Uh, and I think and that's, that's always useful. I know? think that's why we connect so well is, is you, you know, you do put family first. That is your number one priority. And I relate to that yeah. in a big way. Um, and I love like your number one mission is to inspire and motivate others. And you do that so effortlessly. And you've helped me do the same for my community. So I think this is going to be a great conversation. So let's just dive in and and talk about habits because this is really Mm. your specialty. And again, you have personally helped me create some really solid habits. Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, for like (laughs) everyday habits now that if I look back at who I was four years ago, I'm a completely different person. And I can honestly give you a lot of credit for um, helping me identify what habits I needed to break and Mm. what new ones I needed to create. So I really want to dive in. Di, let's just start with how do you define a habit? Well, now there's lots of textbook definitions, right? But really, it's whatever we do and we do regularly. Do you know what I mean? Like, especially those things that we do subconsciously. You know, it's sort of those automatic patterns that we have in our life of certain things that we do, and we do them often. Uh, Sometimes they're positive for us. Very often they're negative for us, right? They're, They're those habits, those things that we do, and then we find ourselves at the end of the day, oh, why did I do that? Mm-hmm. Oh, why did I eat that? You know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, I said I wasn't going to do that anymore and I did it, you know, like, <laughs> and, and we sort of talk to ourselves in those, those soft little voices. Like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it is okay. But 
when isn't it okay? It's not okay when it starts to affect our happiness, our fulfillment, our, our sense of joy and connection, you know, because there, there are a lot of habits that can stifle quality of life. And, mm-hmm. and I can speak very, very well to this of being someone that was morbidly obese as a teenager. It didn't happen overnight. It's not like I ate a Big Mac and all of a sudden I was morbidly obese. It, it was right. something that compounded over time, but it was a consistent habit that I did regularly and I did it very well, mm-hmm, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, and, and the results ensued. So, yeah. So yeah. that's sort of the, the, the little general idea of what's the habit. Mm-hmm. And of course we can go down off that. Uh, yeah. I always think of like brushing your teeth. This is a simple one, right? Yeah. It's like you do it every single day. You don't even think about it. You just take it for granted. It's what you do. Um, so yeah, it, it's an yeah. acquired mode of behavior. So mm-hmm. just think about it that way. Like if we're going to use like clinical definitions, but it's this, we do, we, we learn a regular way of doing something mm-hmm. or, or living or, or even how we think at times is just reinforced by habits. And, mm-hmm. and so it really plays into almost every aspect. It really life. does. And a lot of us, I think, are just kind of mindlessly going through our lives without <laughs> actually stopping to think about the habits that we're, we're creating and the habits that we just do again without thinking about them. So why are habits so important when it comes to achieving your goals? Well, let's put it this way. There was an old quote, and I always forget who said it, but uh, I think a lot of us have heard this at some point in time. But the way we do anything is the way we do everything. I love that quote. <laughs> that's yeah, a great one. It's a, yeah. Well, it, it's one of those interesting quotes when you really start to think about it. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess so. You know, like when you start to think about anything that you do, how do you do it? You know, like what's the mindset you have? What, what's sort of the, the level of attention to detail when it goes into doing something, even for the first time or for the hundredth time? Obviously, as we become more accustomed to doing certain things, and I mean, often think just think about driving, right? Like, and I'm sure a lot of people can be maybe are listening to this while they're driving. So, so keep those eyes on the wheels and uh, keep focus on what you're doing. But a lot of times when we're driving, we are in an automatic mode. Like we just, especially if you're driving a route that you drive every day sometimes multiple times a day, multiple times a week, you know, like that commute to work, where all of a sudden we get to work one morning and it's like, whoa, I went through the drive-thru, got myself a coffee. <laughs> I, I know I, I stopped and I picked up this newspaper too, but I really don't remember those stops. I just remember leaving my house and now being at work. And we're like, whoa, how did I get here? And it's amazing <laughs> what the subconscious can do. That's so true. That is so true. I know even Crazy, like, right? you know, not even mentioning the yeah. drive through. It's like, sometimes I'll get somewhere and be like, I don't even remember how I got here. I don't remember <laughs> most of the journey. Like, it's yeah. that's just crazy, right? But so, realize yeah. that that is habits at, at work. And the subconscious gets very, very good at running programs in the background for us. You know, it's sort of like our phones. There's like a thousand programs running at the same time to make those phones do all the work that they do for us. But we're not aware of all those little things. We know when we hit an icon and it opens up an app that there's certain functions that work, but there is a lot happening behind the scenes, right? And and we have to realize that in our lives, in our businesses, in, in how we parent even, 
right? Even how we think about ourselves and how we learn, like a lot of those are, are learned behaviors through a lot of repetitions wow. <laughs> and, wow. and it can work both positively and negatively. I never so thought it's a matter about of how do we classify yeah. them, right? I never yeah. thought about it in terms of how we parent or how we talk to ourselves or think about ourselves, mm. but that, that All is habits. essentially a habit too. Yeah, so, absolutely. so this brings me to a really, really important question. Mm-hmm. How can we break habits that aren't serving mm. us? <laughs> Well, let's talk a little bit about neuroscience, you know, and there's a cool thing about neuroscience and study of the mind that they've had lots of really cool advancements over the last couple decades, you know, just with how technologies have improved and their ability to just even scan the brains uh, during all sorts of different types of activities. Uh, it's just the technology has become more readily available and, and computers become faster and faster. We can really start to dive deep in, in some of this, this research. And, you know, I'm not someone out there, I'm not a neuroscientist, but I like to keep up to breast, uh, up to speed with what's going on, right? And, and so here's this thing called neuroscience. And, and it's come back and told us that our brains are, have this element that is very much like plastic. They call it neuroplasticity. And it means that our brains, you know, not, not necessarily like Play-Doh. If you took your brain out, you can mold it like a, <laughs> a thing of Play-Doh the kids would play with. Um, but, but to that extent, they, they, I, I like you to think of that almost like the imagery. Like you can mold your brain to do certain things or to think certain ways or to react certain ways. And, and what they found was, and, and, you know, the old adage, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, that's completely false. What they mean by that is we can learn new ways of doing things and we can get very, very good at doing those things. But as we age, we do find that the ability at which we pick things up may slow down. It may take us a lot more effort to break, say, a habit that we've had for 20, 30 years versus a habit that maybe we only picked up over the last year. Because what neuroscience has shown us is that these pathways, the more you do it, the bigger they get. And what that means is if we've got a big highway going through our brain and it says smoke a pack a day, well, trying to you know take all the chemical reactions aside, just that pathway in the brain is very, very accustomed to operating. So to override that and change, say a habit that doesn't serve us to a habit that does, we got to be really committed and very consistent, and it's going to take time and a lot of repetition. And so, and so anybody that's overcome a big obstacle, I want to know well, how much time. Well, first of all, I'm really excited. Like when you say neuroplasticity and the brain is plastic, and like you can actually yeah. mold it and change, like that's a, a freeing feeling, free, right? right? Like we can it, yes. change. So anybody that's listening yes. right now, if you feel stuck, know that you don't have to be stuck. You can change. Right. And so we, we can do this through forming those habits. So die, I want to know how long does it take us uh, to do this? <laughs> and it's I laugh only because this is the magic question because everybody's got an opinion on it. And if you start to go out there and you start to even just type that question into the Google, you're going to get a lot of different answers. And the one that we see most often is this idea of 21 days or three weeks. We see it all over the place, everywhere. Like you just, oh, it takes three weeks to form a new habit. I'm like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Does it take more? Usually. Does it take a little bit less? Oh, and in that rare occasion, yeah. But 
it, it they the research has shown that it's anywhere from 18 to 260 some odd days. Now I know it seems like two completely arbitrary numbers, really? and because sometimes it feels like an arbitrary number that they just pulled out of the hopper, right? Like, well, yeah. how do you figure so, that one? So out? is it is is it yeah. a personal thing then? Does it just depend on the it's, person or the habit? It's well, one, the habit. Also, what's the habit we're looking to change or replace? Because the length of which that habit's been going may also dictate how much those neural pathways are embedded, right? Like, so if you've been doing something for months and months and months, that might be easier to break than something that you've been doing for years and years and years. Correct. Potentially. Now, again, we still are learning a lot about this. And, and at the end of the day, you know, I, I think being able to identify what's a habit that we, we like that serves us versus one that doesn't is just that awareness, that mindfulness, right? That ability to be able to recognize when we're doing some of the things that normally would have been subconscious. Like, and you speak to this quite regularly in your program as an example is, is those snacking, the unconscious snacking we do throughout the day, right? It is crazy. Like we, we just, you know, and if you're someone that tracks every time you put something in your mouth, that's a good thing. Cause I know when you start to do that exercise, even just for a day, just track everything you put in your mouth, you'd be surprised at how much that you never even realized that you were doing. Yeah. And- Becoming more mindful with your food is huge. And I think uh, speaking to COVID when we're sitting mm-hmm. at home in front of our computers all day long and the fridge is right there, right? It's yes. this opportunity to form this, this habit of that mindless snacking. So Correct. that that's a really good example. And so, so, so what do you do in order to break this habit? Well, I, I think, first of all, let's just identify, there, there's, they call it like, uh, what's the term? They, they, they call it a habit framework. Okay. okay. So there's, and it, you know, obviously it, when you go down certain paths, they might be really elaborate. I'm going to keep it really simple here just for the sake of understanding what I'm talking about. Okay. And because I'm not, a scientist that works in this field all the time. I just, I look at it from the everyday person kind of level and, and specifically how's it work in my life? How does it show up in the life of my clients? There's three parts. You know, first of all, well, we have some habit, which is usually triggered by something, right? Like there's, it's a reaction to something often, right? Like you think about when we're about to do something, there's usually something that cued us to do that thing, right? And I'll, I'll elaborate in just a second. So we have this trigger, we then have a response or a habit, right? It's often learned, but it's something that it happens immediately following whatever that trigger is, something that cued us to do the thing that we want to be doing, or sometimes we don't want to be doing. Anyway, there's something that triggered us. We then do a habit. And then there's usually some sort of reward or result as, an effect, as a, a byproduct of doing the thing, okay? And you know, the rewards that we often read can sometimes act as a cue again to trigger the whole process again. You know, so the trigger in itself is leading us to do something which provides us with this reward where we get this little bit of a dopamine hit. We get this satisfaction that, oh, I just did that thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want more of that. And what I mean by this, and, and you know, me speaking as that kid that was more of the obese, uh, I look at video games, right? Like I'd be stressed out. I'd have a hard day at school. I'd want to withdraw and, and escape from reality. Well, I knew that, okay, I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed. I'm going to go play video games because I knew it would make me feel better in the moment. So stress was my trigger. Now my habits play video games. Oh, what was the reward? Well, I got lots of dopamine hits from playing video games, you know, and often it would create that, that positive response that I was looking for, that little bit of a positive endorphin hit. 
And all of a sudden that trigger, I was like, oh, 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 no. And then that would trigger me again. Remind me, oh, I feel good playing video games. So I'm going to play some more video games. And, and, you know, all of a sudden it creates this, this loop. But the problem was I was also snacking a lot of foods, <laughs> eating a lot of sugars, a lot of other things that weren't necessarily positive for me, which was also a triggered habit. Oh, I'm playing video games. I should probably be snacking. Hmm. I always had a little snack beside me, right? When I'm doing that or drinking some bot. Yeah. Well, and so, you know, now I've got two negative habits that are closely tied together and it became this routine. I think a lot of us can relate to this, especially now, you know, we're pretty stressed um, with our day to day. Right. And this 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 COVID new routine, whatever that looks like. And so we're at home. Uh, we're not getting a lot of exercise. We're not getting a lot of um, stress outlets. And at the end of the day, we just want to sit and maybe like binge watch some Netflix, right? And like numb yes. some of that stress. Yes. And, and and so if you think about this, we got this reminder or a cue, a trigger at times, then we have a routine or the habit, and then we have this reward. And, and so if we think about these three stages, if you will, this loop, because it does become a loop, it's very circular, you know, and we want to start to identify, well, what is the habit? You know, like, what is the habit? What is the thing that I'm doing? You know, and this is almost like just taking an account of the actions that we do in a day, right? just identifying and it, becoming more mindful about it. Exactly. So if let's just say you, you had a habit where you want to work out every morning. Well, what is the cue for you to remind you that you want to have that habit in the morning, right? We still do to today is I'll often get my workout gear beside the bed. So it's ready to go for as soon as I wake up in the morning, I put my workout gear on. So it's there, it's ready to go. Because getting out of bed, I look over to my right and I'm like, oh, there it is. It's my workout gear. It's an instant reminder. I'm going to get my workout in this morning. So that's what I do. It's my first thing I do when I get up. I put on my workout gear. You know, and now that also just triggers the next action, which is to go have a workout. Now, why do I, and I do the workout because it also provides me this reward. You know, I feel better. I feel more energized. I feel more focused. I feel accomplished. Like I just had a win, you know? So you do get a dopamine hit as well. So there's lots of positives that happen from that activity. But for me, sometimes I need that cue. And that cue is the trigger that reminds me about the habit I want to create, mm -hmm. that routine I want to create. And this, so this is, is just one positive like, yeah. example. Yeah, you know? I love the positive example. Yeah. And I think that's actually a perfect example because so many people right now are struggling to get motivated to get their workouts in. And mm -hmm. for a lot of us, we know that the morning is the best time to get the workout in, <laughs> right? And especially as moms, um, our days can just turn to chaos really quickly. So if we can get our workout in first thing in the morning, we know that we're going to get it done. Um, yeah. So I think this is really great. And and then that one becomes circular because you, you feel so good from the yes. workout. You get the endorphin hit and the dopamine hit, and it makes you want to do it again. That's right. And you just actually start to reap a lot of other benefits from the activity itself. And that compounds over time as well. So even when you're just getting started, there's a lot of instant wins you're going to feel, but it, it, it will take time to get into that sort of lifestyle mode. And I think that's the piece that I think a lot of us are challenged by. It's like, when will this just become automatic, like driving to work in the morning? You know, like, when will I get to the point where I don't even think of it and I just do it? And I, I don't know if the answer is so concrete that it can be defined, uh, at mm -hmm. least so prescriptive that we all just say, oh, okay, this is the average. Because it, it does vary. 
Mm-hmm. And I think this is where we need that more of an emotional connection to some of the things that we do. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like me thinking about my family and they are a big motivation for me to want to be a healthy man, be a healthy father, a healthy husband, right? Because I, I am, I'm committed to myself to being healthy because it makes me feel good. But I want to be here a long time from now. I want to be able to show up as my best self. And so there's other ties into why I like to exercise, you know, and, and it just keeps me much more rooted as well. You know, it, is it motivating? Sure it is. But more than that, it, it, it is eventually a lifestyle. And, and it took me a lot of years to get to that point. But now it is. It's just a lifestyle. It's just what I do because mm-hmm. it instantly benefits so many other aspects of my life. A hundred percent. I think that is so profound. And it really does come down to the habits that we're forming day in and day out. And I love how you tied it to an emotional why. And I mm. always ask that of our community, as soon as we get started, what is your why? Why are you here? Because if we can establish a really strong why, you can take your success to a whole new level. And, and what we hear all the time is, you know, it's, it's so much more than just losing weight. It's so much more than just having energy for your day. It's I, like you said, I want to be a good dad or a good mom. I want to be a good role model. I want to be patient for my kiddos. I want to be there as a, an aging um, grandpa or grandma uh, and, and able to get down and play with my grandkids. Like, and it's these big whys mm-hmm. that make it easier to wake up at 530 in the morning when your alarm goes off and put your, your workout gear on and go have that workout. And I love how you you have your workout gear like sitting right there at the edge of your bed. I think that's amazing. You could even go to sleep in part of your workout gear, <laughs> even yeah, your workout yeah, socks, right? <laughs> but then yeah, you wake yeah. up, your alarm goes off and you see that why staring right at you, like staring at you in your face. And I think that's going to be a, a big motivator, at least in the beginning, right? And then like, yeah. like you said, it becomes just something that you do. Yeah. And, and let's talk about that real quick, you, you know, just because we identified those sort of three areas, you know, you, you, you've got the cure, the reminder, the trigger, mm-hmm. then you've got the habit, and then you've got the reward. So if there's certain habits that you want to change, the one I hear over and over and over again, and I, I've seen this quite often with people that I work with, as well as people I just know through my social uh, circles, you know, is procrastination. Procrastination is a habit, people. I want everyone to know that. It's a habit, okay? We often have a habit of putting things off, right? And and we have to ask ourselves, well, why are we putting things off? Like, are we avoiding something? And it, it is usually a learned response to something. And like for myself as an example, why do I procrastinate? Well, I, I used to procrastinate. If I would get stressed or overwhelmed, it was almost like it was too hard to start anything. So I wouldn't start anything at all, thinking that that would make me feel better. And in the moment, I would usually escape with something. Maybe I'd watch something on Netflix. <laughs> Even in the back in the day, oh, I'm just gonna go for another workout. You know, like I would do anything but the activity that's probably creating the stress, like maybe a homework assignment, right? Or maybe I have a commitment to 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 family or, or some uh, a third-party organization. Like either way, if you start to look Look at some of the things that we want to be doing more of, and yet we find ourselves not doing those things. We start to ask ourselves, why? You know, why is that? And and so if you find that you're someone that puts off doing certain things or changing to, to start to do more of the habits that you've identified as being important to you from a goal setting standpoint, right? Like just, I want to achieve like 
just using the, I don't know, what would be a great example? Uh, what's a good example right now for your community, Simone? Well, uh, we could use meal prep. I want it. I want to do my meal prep every week. I want to do my meal prep, but I put it off. I put it off and then I just don't get it done. Perfect. That's a prime example. So we have to wonder, you know, people have the best of intentions to do meal prep. They've said, listen, this is the results I want to create. I recognize that my nutrition is an everyday, all day thing. And that if I don't make the time or take the time to figure out my nutrition for me, my results won't be as great. You know, if if any, right? If we don't see any changes. So why are we putting that off then? And, and so to identify why, if you find yourself procrastinating, say putting off meal time, there's, there's five things that you want to look at, you know, and, and one is what time of day were you doing it? Did you avoid it? Where were you at the time that you were avoiding whatever Ooh, the thing was or procrastinating? That's a good one. Also, what was your emotional state? You know, how were you feeling at the time when you found yourself putting off doing the thing that you said that you wanted to do, as well as was there any other people around you at that time or any influence from anybody around you at that time that might have influenced you to, again, lean into the procrastination, put off doing the thing that you said is important. Okay, that's a powerful one. That's a powerful one. And then the last one is... What is the action that immediately follows the urge to procrastinate? Meaning that you felt this urge, maybe there was some stress and anxiety, then you said no to doing the habit that you said is a good thing for me. Like even exercise, I was planning to work out this morning, but then I didn't work out. Okay, well, when you then leaned into the urge to not do it, what was that first action that you did? Because usually that is the avoidance action. It's usually a default. It's something that we do often. Mm. (laughs) And sometimes we may be completely unaware that we're doing it. You know, some people might be going right to their phone, going to a social network. Uh, Some people will automatically go to cleaning the house, right? Which is interesting, but it it is a form of procrastinating, avoiding doing the thing that we've said we want to do. I do. We go back to, we go to things, right? Yeah. Because, but but it still provides you with a win. You get a dopamine, you feel satisfied, like, oh, I just did something. That's true. So, you know, in a way, and it's, I don't want people to feel guilty. So, please, no guilt, no shame, no blame around what we're talking about today. It's just simply recognizing patterns in our life. You know, and if we've said that we want to create some new habits, especially around our fitness or our well-being, even our mindset, we have to start looking at the places where there's friction. Okay, because it's those parts where there's friction. We're not looking to completely smooth it over and make it frictionless because there will always be friction. But we're learning new ways of navigating those rough patches. So. There's less wear and tear on the tires, right? Less chances of us slipping and losing our footing. Like it's it's really getting more confident in our ability to navigate mm-hmm. our day-to-day mm-hmm. and knowing that we're doing our best that we can, mm-hmm. right? Like it's really what it comes down to. But those, those five little categories, if you catch yourself doing something that you said you don't want to do anymore, start looking at that time of day. Where were you at the time? How did you feel? Was there anybody around you? And what did you do right after? I think that's huge. I think that's huge. Um, Especially, uh, you know, where, where were you? What were you doing? Was there anyone kind of influencing you? You know, and, and, and so you can become, you can get to the point where you just become so clear with what is going on in your life. And I think that's the point of this discussion today is just to start 
to become more mindful about the rituals of, of your day. Like, you know, where did that come from? Get curious about it. I think that is the best place to start. You know, if you want to mm-hmm. build some good habits, like right now, just get curious about where are you at with the habits that you already have and then identify them. Which ones do you want to break? Which ones do you ultimately want to create? And, and yeah. Actually, and just one quick note there before I forget, Simone, because I, I'm also someone, you know, it's been 11 years since I had a drink of alcohol, any alcoholic beverages. And, Huge. you know, I, I, it's a big lifestyle shift for me. But at the time when I was going through that shift, like, it was my main form of escape dealing. It was my coping mechanism with stress, anxiety, overwhelm, you know, so not only would I avoid certain tense situations, I would also utilize alcohol as a way to calm myself, even though it was doing a lot of the opposite because it just became such a, a routine. It was just a ritual. It's like the end of every day. It's like, oh, I should have a glass of wine bottle later, you know, like it just <laughs> became very, very simple. But that was, I would have a trigger that would make, you know, I'd be stressed, I'd be overwhelmed. So alcohol was the behavior. And then the reward I would often get was I would feel momentary release. You know, I would, but it would affect my sleep patterns. It would affect my energy and my mood. It would <laughs> like, it, it was so counterproductive to what I was trying to achieve, but I had to recognize that. And, and, and so when you recognize that you have a pattern, it's not a matter of changing the trigger. Like it's not like, okay, well, if I eliminate all the stress and anxiety from my life, oh, I'll probably not want to drink anymore. <laughs> well, trying to live a life without anxiety and stress. And I don't know how that's even possible. <laughs> okay? That's a whole nother episode. <laughs> yeah, like, it's not like we need stress, yeah. right? Like we do some stress is good stress. Yeah. Um, a lot of it's self-imposed, uh, but that's mm-hmm. another conversation. But regardless, I can't get rid of that trigger, right? I guess I could try, but uh, it, it's very challenging. So I, I just needed to replace the response, mm. the habit with something else. So instead of uh, feeling stressed out and anxious, it's not going for a drink. Instead, what I would start to do was have a five-minute meditation. I love that. You know, five minutes yeah. of just... Whew, trying to center myself, not, yeah. not like five hours yeah. or 50 minutes five minutes, just a yeah. five minute timeout, you know, just like five minutes by myself just to whew, breathe for a second. That's huge. And and I think for a lot of us right now dealing with stress and anxiety on a whole new level during COVID, mm. just with all the change that we're going through, yeah. um, going for a walk outside, definitely that that's meditation. Amazing. I think that's great. I mean, and in your meditation, you can actually visualize yourself maybe walking through a forest or like yes. having your feet uh, in the sand on the beach, right? So if you don't have time to actually get out and get some sun on your face, you, you know, you can visualize it. I think that's, that's powerful. I think that's really, so re- basically you're saying huge, replace right? yes. that trigger. With something else. Oh, with sorry. The trigger's else. probably going to be sorry, the, the same. There's there. still triggers that creates that. the uh, habit. Yes. Replace yes. the habit. And this will start building that new habit. So That's so right. really at the end of the day, and I think this is what you have taught me so much with my my like lifestyle um, as well as with my business is just start. Yes. Right? Thank you. Yeah. Like just start. And, uh, um, you know, like instead of overthinking it or like with our workouts, oh my gosh, well, you know, if I have to work out, I, I have to work out five days a week and it has to be an hour long and, it, you know, yeah. no, it doesn't. Just start. And even if you're going to get a walk in um, a few times a week, 
you know, and it's not yes. even that vigorous um, hit class. That's okay. Um, yeah. You know, just getting some movement. So just start with your meal prep. You don't have to prep seven days out, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, <laughs> and right, everything in between. You can just prep your breakfast for the week. Just start. So, and, you know, and then I think that's how you like accumulate on these habits, right? Mm -hmm. And you start Absolutely. to get that dopamine hit. Cause I know for me, if I have my breakfast prep for the week, oh my gosh, like my whole week <laughs> has changed. That's just breakfast. And right there, that's already now motivated me to add more in. And same Correct. with my workouts. If I'm getting my workout in first thing in the day, my goodness, my whole day has changed. Yeah. I've already crossed something off my list, right? So like just start. I think that is the best thing. And you die. Um, I want to wrap this up, but. I actually want to have you back and, and talk about a morning routine because sure. like talk about habits. I think we can actually establish um, our uh, day, a solid day in advance it, with yes. a really good morning routine. And this is something that you've taught me, you know, mm. and I, before <laughs> I met you, I'd wake up at seven. I'd just be reacting to my day left, right and center. And I, <laughs> I was miserable. <laughs> and now that I've met you, I wake up at 4.30 a.m. I don't even think about it anymore. Talk about like in the last four years, like a complete lifestyle shift that has yeah. completely changed my life. And I'm now a, a huge advocate to everybody that I can talk to about a morning routine. <laughs> and it's because of you. So can we book that well, after this? We, we need Sir, to book our next yes. episode. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I, I'd you. be happy to talk about that. And, yeah. uh, you know, the most important part is, is just... We're all humans, mm -hmm. right? We're all humans and we're doing the best that we can. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I want to just really invite everyone to give themselves plenty of grace, mm -hmm. you know, because there's going to be days where things just don't go to plan. It's okay. You know, we call it Murphy's Law. Sure. It's just, it's life. It's life is full and there's going to be lots of moving parts. So if their day goes and you didn't have a chance to follow through on that, that new habit, don't beat yourself up about it. It's okay. Okay, it's not going to undermine or devalue all the work you've done up to a certain point. I remember having people, I've had a couple months, I haven't missed a workout. And then all of a sudden they get sick and they miss a few days and, and they just beat themselves up. And I'm like, don't beat yourself up. Yeah, it's okay. As yeah. soon as you're feeling better and you're able to get back at it, get back at it. But 100%. don't, it doesn't have to be 100%. Yeah. You know, it no. doesn't have to be 100%. No. Don't and, worry about it. And so many it. people will throw in the towel because they yeah. feel like they need to be perfect. And it was Correct. you who taught me progress over perfection. And I yes. use it every single day. If you're a client of mine, you are sick and tired of me saying progress over perfection. But it's so important, uh, right? Focus on progress yeah. every single day. And that's all that matters, right? That's all that Absolutely. matters. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yes, I'll, yeah. I'd be welcome. I'd uh, welcome the idea to come back. I would love to do that. And hopefully people got some more ideas on, on mm -hmm. how habits work and uh listen it's it's fun and when you get into that groove of just yeah. realizing some of our patterns especially the negative ones mm -hmm. it's very empowering because mm -hmm. no more can you say oh i didn't know that you know because you can't you can't use yeah. that excuse anymore oh i didn't even realize that you, you do realize it now so it's like okay yeah okay totally. you can't use that excuse anymore so, no. so on, our first know? homework in in <laughs> leaving this episode is a to comment on the episode and b to go and identify all the habits of, of your day. Just, just remember, start, stop, continue. Start, start stop, stop, continue. continue. Yeah. Simple enough. Ask yourself at the beginning of every week, what's one habit I want to start this week? Mm -hmm. And just commit to doing it every day for one week. What is the habit I want to stop doing? Just identify one. Just one habit that's not serving you that you will stop doing. And then what do you want to continue? Recognize we all got good habits that we already are doing. We'll keep doing them. You know, so really all we're talking about is just getting, getting rid of one, adding one in and keep doing one that we already like. So 
it simplifies things. So it's not like, oh, I'm thinking about a hundred things to do. No, no, no. It's just one to start, one to stop, one to keep doing. I love okay. I love that. I love that. Thank you, Di. This has been so incredible you, chatting no, so to much you. Fun. Oh my gosh, so much fun. And I learned <laughs> so much that I'm going to take away to my personal life again. So thank you for being here and also inspiring my community and listeners as well. And I can't wait to have you back. We'll see Thank you, you soon. Uh, absolutely oh, and, and love what you're doing. Yeah. And third absolutely thing you guys have to do for homework is go and sign up for TEDx. It's March 27th <laughs> and um, it is free. They're offering this for free. How cool is that? So from 930 a.m. to 12.30. Absolutely free. Absolutely Check free. Check it out. And Di's Talking all about there. vulnerability being a human thing. Oh, I like it. Why like is it. vulnerability a human thing is the title of the talk. You're hearing it first. We haven't made the official announcement yet, so you actually just heard it oh, for the first oh, time. Oh, thanks. Thank you. Oh, all right. Yeah, exclusive and exclusive for Simone. <laughs> Thank you so much. I feel special. All right. Thanks again, Di. We will see you soon. Thanks, Simone. Okay, bye. Want more? Be sure to connect with me on Instagram at Simone and Lovell, where I share daily lifestyle tips, recipes, workouts, and stuff that is going to make life a little more awesome.